Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I am your host, Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How are you doing? I am your host and beer guide, Al the Brewer. Thank you so much for joining in and listening. I appreciate you so much for taking the time to listen to this little podcast. Today, we are going to be continuing our conversation on the unspoken rules of craft beer with my buddy, Chris. Chris is just an awesome guy. I met him while doing a trade. Uh, he's actually one of the first people I met here in Texas through um, beer, uh, a couple of beer groups online. Uh, we did a quick little trade. I invited him to one of my shares. He then invited me to one of his shares, and uh, it just kind of took off from there. Uh, Chris and his family are wonderful. I love them all. They're such great people. Uh, and what I love about Chris is that he loves to help people um, learn, not just learn about beer, but experience beer. Um, he loves to help people get into beer. And that, um, was such a great thing for me being brand new to Texas at the time, having someone not judge me that I didn't know every single beer in Texas. Granted, there weren't a whole lot when I got here. It's really exploded, but at the same time, you, you could name all the breweries in the DFW area pretty easily. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Chris. Awesome guy. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. We talk shop. We talk uh, stories of how we've learned some lessons. Uh, we talk about kind of what I call the high holy places of beer, the bar, the brewery, a share, or a trade. And uh, yeah, it just kind of keeps on going from there. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up here. Thank you again for listening. Please subscribe and rate on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting app that you use. Uh I'm on all the interwebs at Al the Brewer, all one word. You can go to I know nothing about beer.com or shoot me an email at Al the Brewer at gmail.com. I mean, it can't be easier than Al the Brewer at gmail.com. You got it. You're good. You're golden. So thank you so very much. I so appreciate you. And yeah, well, listening to Chris and I uh, have a fun little conversation. Thank you very much. Cheers. How you doing, man? Good, good, Alan. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing so good. I'm so glad you were on the podcast today. Uh, I think you were going to be one of the very early episodes, so I'm very excited about this because, um, like I've told you before, this is a podcast where I want people that know nothing about beer to people that know a lot about beer to hopefully come and learn a little something. Um, <laughs> All right. And you have been one of the people that has taught me so much about um, the culture of craft beer, whether you know this or not, um, a little history on, on us for everybody listening. Uh, when I first moved to Texas and I know I've said this a lot, I'm going to say that a lot because that's a lot of my reference, for, uh, for the people that I know here. Um, and I'm going to interview is you were the first person I did a trade with. Uh, you were the, one of the first, you were the first person that came to one of my bottle shares. And then you were the first bottle share I went to in Texas as well. Um, so it wasn't just that it was all of these first, but 
I was excited to hang out with you and learn from you and learn about um, uh, beer and beer culture and the beer culture here in Texas um, because I was so new to it. I knew stuff in California, uh, but even then in California, I wasn't big into trading because I was, I was behind the bar more and homebrew more. So here is where I got a little more into trading, got a little more into shares, and you've been really instrumental in me getting into that. So just thank you. And, and that's part of why I was so excited for you that when you said yes to this, because you know so much about these two subjects. So this is very much a place where I feel very much the rookie. And so I'm I'm very excited to talk to you about this. Uh, it's okay. You're, you're far more knowledgeable in the areas that count. So I'll just try to give what I can. <laughs> well, man, um, give us a little history about how you got into craft beer. I think that's just a, always a good little starting point for everybody. So, yeah, yeah, um, man, my start was uh, was was kind of accidental. Um, was going to a Halloween party with some friends that we hang out with every once in a while, and uh, we we're on the way there. And uh, my buddy says, "Hey, I got to pull in the store here and pick up some beer." I was like, "Okay, cool." And uh, he goes, "Hey, you into craft beer?" I'm like, "I don't know. I might be." And so he, he went in and uh, he picked some stuff up. He picked up a couple of bombers. Uh, obviously, I had no idea what they were at the time. But then uh, we went to this Halloween party and he started opening them and we started splitting them up. And I was like, oh, man, this is this is something new. This is something different. So, yeah, actually, it was uh, Lagunitas Hop Stupid was the one that really got oh. me hooked in. Oh, Hop Stupid. Yeah. I love that beer. Still to this day, man, bang for the buck. I mean, you, you you can't get, you know, you get a bomber for four or five bucks. You're doing pretty well. Okay. So now and, and for anybody, I hate to interrupt you, but for anybody that doesn't know what a bomber is, um, can you explain a bomber? Yeah, a bomber is a 22 ounce bottle. So uh, when you go walking through your grocery store and if they do have a craft beer section at all, that's the really big bottles that almost look like wine bottles. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've and I've been doing this with with other guests is that as soon as they dive a little deeper into the craft beer lingo, I'm like, okay, if someone doesn't know what that is, I want to make sure that we can pause and kind of just explain that out so that people feel caught up in the conversation. So absolutely, a couple of bombers, a hop, stupid, at the party, and you're hooked. Yeah, that's it. That kind of got me started from there. Um, and then we had a uh, a couple of friends that uh, you know, we uh, hung out with uh, when we were going tailgating at FC Dallas games. Mm -hmm. and uh they'd say hey we're good you know i got a few beers from out of town here and there let me uh why don't we come over have dinner and we can share these together and that's kind of how i got introduced to the the beer share culture it's funny i never uh you know beer shares a lot of people think are just the typical um invite a whole bunch of people over and everybody sits around mm -hmm. the table and you know sniffing beer and talking about it and whatnot but my uh my introduction to them was more just a couple people sitting around and then you added a couple more people and then you added a couple more people. And so, okay. uh, that's how I kind of got into the culture of sharing beers from, uh, from other areas of the the country or whatnot, found out that there was, you know, beers that you could actually couldn't buy here and, uh, that you'd have to <laughs> trade with somebody for or whatever. And then I'm like, Oh my yeah. gosh, well, how do you find that? And then, you know, I'm sure we'll dive into that in a little bit, but so on and so forth. That's how I went down the, the rabbit hole of, you know, sharing, trading, and becoming generally obsessed with craft beer. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And when I met you, uh, we did a, a quick little trade. I think I was doing, uh, I had some fresh Pliny for some uh, Jael. I don't ever know how to say that one. Uh, Highlight. Hey, yeah. Highlight. Yeah. And so I, was, I think I was, uh, I think I was fresh back from a trip to Florida where I picked up some fresh Highlight because that was back when you couldn't get it here. 
Um, well, and yeah. I was back from California after I, I, I was I was one of my crazy trips that I had made the first month living in Texas uh, back to California. And I picked up a, a, a couple of uh, bottles of Pliny, uh, the elder. And I was like, oh, this whole like Florida beer thing that I've heard about. Yeah, let's see who's be up for a little quick trade. Yeah. Yeah. That was quick and easy, man. Yeah. Um, so. I think that in the the craft beer community, and add add to this if you if you think of more, uh, I think there's kind of like four major areas we'll say of, of beer worship. We have the bar, the brewery, uh, at a share or in a trade. Um, what would you say are some of like the unstated rules or things that um, uh, people should know for each once they start if they want to start to get into these into the craft beer scene? Oh man. Um... I guess we'll take those one at a time then. Um, I guess if you're at the bar, um, I think probably uh, some of the unstated things are you need to know that if you're at a proper beer bar that you can definitely ask for a taste of something before you order a full glass of it. Um, I think a lot of people get kind of overwhelmed if they look at a long list of beers that they never had before and trying to decide if they want to commit to a eight to ten dollar pour of a beer they've never heard of or maybe a style they've never even heard of uh that's that's a little more than you want to stomach when you're just out hanging out with your friends and you probably just revert back to old faithful and you order something you're used to um so i'd say that's one of the biggest things as far as uh unstated rules is that generally for the most part you can get a quick taste and sample of something so you can you can branch out and try something new find out if it's something you like and it gives you kind of a starting point for uh, where you go with your next ones from there Mm -hmm. Now I've heard. Don't mean to cut you off, but I've 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 heard different debates on the flight, where you get a bunch of, of smaller tasters, generally two to four ounces. Uh, I've heard some people say flights are the worst thing in the world for craft beer. Flights are the best thing in the world for craft beer. Where do you fall in all of this? Um, you know, it really uh, that's going to depend on the beer for me. Um, okay. uh, if we're talking about uh, flights, uh, if we're going to talk IPAs. Uh, now I'm not a big fan of the flight. Um, I like to enjoy a whole IPA. I like to have a good, big, solid pour. You know, your typical flight, you're only going to get maybe three or four ounces um, mm-hmm. of each beer on that flight. I, for IPAs, I really like to take in a whole beer to really know how much I enjoy it because those are something you, you know, as long as you're not drinking like something that's 10% or something like that, it's something you may tend to go to a little more often, drink a little more in volume. So you want to make sure it's something you do like on yeah. that level. Um, now, when you start talking about the bigger beers, um and stouts and you start talking about we get to you know bourbon county black friday um yeah if you've got four or five beers that are 14 to 15 percent alcohol on tap no i mean you definitely want to try all of them but i don't want to have eight to ten ounces of each and then wake up the next day wondering where my car is much less what did the beer <laughs> taste like you know at that point you, you don't even remember what did it taste like shoot where are my keys where <laughs> where am i <laughs> Uh, so if flight's, if flight's cool at that point when you get, you know, three or four ounces to get you a good solid taste of it without just being a splash, mm-hmm. um, yet still being able to keep your faculties about you and make it through the list. I, I will say if you're paying, because having served many flights of the 10 to 14 percent beers, um, those flights don't come cheap. Um, and if you're going to pay for that, uh, that amount for a flight, I would hope that you'd want to remember them. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, okay, the other uh, unstated things so we got is the if, brewery at uh, a share or in a trade. Yeah, I guess one that kind of crosses over between the bar and the brewery, maybe more of a thing at the bar, 
Um, if you're at a proper beer bar, it's perfectly okay to ask for a room temperature glass. Um, there are still some places that serve a lot of craft beer uh, that'll serve you at a frozen pint glass. And for those of you that don't know, ice cold beer just basically means it doesn't taste great, so we're going to try to mask it for as long as we can. Um, mm -hmm. Flavors start to come out as the temperature starts to rise. So um, the beer should typically be cold enough coming straight off the tap to be in a room temperature glass, and that's what you want so you can actually taste it and not have to sit there and wait 20 minutes for the ice crystals to stop forming on top of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely okay to ask for a room temperature glass if you're at a proper beer bar. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I, I've I'm. had uh, more than a few times where I've had just uh, like one of my uh, Sculpin. Uh, it's great IPA. Uh, and I've had someone just give it to me in this ice cold mug. And I'm like, this is not helping me out. Yeah. It's like, no. okay, and I'm going to set this one aside and now bring me one in a room temperature glass to drink while that yeah. one warms up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Mm. How about at a brewery? At a brewery. Um, man, a lot of the same stuff from the bar crosses over, so I won't rehash a lot of that. Um, you know, hmm. Trying to think of anything that's really brewery specific as opposed to at the bar. Um, where, where, what do you – give me a little lead I, there. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, one of the things I've, I've, I've said I've thought about at a brewery and I'm I'm very much guilty of this. And the first time I did it, I was like, okay, I never want to do that again. Is uh, you've gotten the chance to talk to the brewer and you grill them on a recipe. I and I saw this brewer's face just go, oh man, I don't no, want to no. <laughs> Like, and that's one of those things that it's it's a lot of people that are really excited about the beer or about a brewery's beer uh, can't wait to learn more about it. And I understand right. that, um, but. I would say that's something that you can learn generally from the home brewers, generally from other people that are like, okay, you know, that can't wait to make the beer at home. Or so many breweries now are adding stuff onto the can or the bottle of like, here are the hops. And I literally think they do that now just that people won't ask them. Like, <laughs> what hops do you use? You know? Well, yeah, I, I, I'll go with you there on part of that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the hops thing is, yeah, definitely you need to go ahead and put it out there because as, as people have gotten more, you know, well-versed in beer and started looking at hops and which ones they think they like as far as from a flavor profile and everything like that, yeah. you're, you're going to ask, so you might as well put it out there. Um, I'm guilty yeah. of that probably more than most. Um, I, I, I just see IPA. I may not even read the name. I'm looking for the list of what hops are in it um, mm -hmm. because there's so many varieties now that um, yeah. while it just sounds like it's a you know, a little plant that looks like pot bud. Um, the flavor profile's gone from tasting like skunky weed to some that tastes like pineapple juice, depending on how much yeah. is used, when they're added to the beer and whatnot. Um, yep. So I ask that a lot. But yeah, that that's probably a good one is anybody that's trying to, uh, man, it's almost like if you're trying to ask a master griller or a master pit master, you know, how, what, what he seasons his briskets with that, you know, people wait in line four hours for. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's going to be salt, pepper, and some awesome stuff that I'm not going to tell you. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. you're not you're not going to get a cloned recipe sitting there in front of the brewer who's trying to take care of his brewery and serve you at the same time. So that's a that's a yeah. good point. Yeah, I will say I I've never met a brewer that didn't appreciate you saying, "Man, I love your beer." You right. know, um, I don't think there's anybody that I've ever talked to who's made beer that hasn't enjoyed hearing that you enjoyed their beer. Absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. I also wouldn't uh, – and a lot of people sometimes uh, 
uh, I end up getting antagonized over it. But give honest feedback, too. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be overly critical. You don't have to say, I no. can't stand this. But you could say, I mean, if there's, if there's something, if, like I'm picking up a little bit of this flavor or that. Is, is Am I supposed to be tasting that? You know, and in the right form of a, a conversation, that can really, uh, that can come out. I remember the first time I did that with a brewer um, sitting there and talking about their beer. And I'd pretty much, you know other than giving him initial feedback when they first open, when he's like, okay, hey dude, now what do I need to fix? You know, that's different when you're brand new on a brand new system and you know, something's going, yeah. um, but had a conversation with one, he put a beer out and sitting there drinking it. And he's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, honestly, I wouldn't drink it again, man. And he looked at me and he goes, I wouldn't make it again. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. It's, that's a great little moment. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so, yeah. so give that honest feedback. Well, so it doesn't, it, it doesn't come back to you again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they, they do listen. Because if you tell them everything's fantastic, they're going to, you know, they, they may very well keep doing things like they're doing it. And it, it may not be in their best interest. So I think honest, respectable feedback is uh, respectful, is a better word, is, is definitely yeah. something that, that, that yeah. needs to happen and you need to feel open to. If, if you're sitting there and, and talking out loud about, you know, to the brewer about, oh, I'm writing my review now and how much I can't wait to drain for this, you know, that's probably not going to get you any, uh, any extra points with, with them. No, no, no. You're not making friends at that point. Mm-mm. Definitely not. No. no, no. But yeah, definitely, definitely be respectful of their, of their product in their space. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if, if you don't like it, constructive criticism in a way you can find to, to deliver it, if it's, if it's going to be well received, um, yeah. obviously there's been, there's been brewers that I've known of before um, ever having the chance to sit in front of them or talk to them that I've, I've, I've known, you know, you just by word of mouth or whatever you hear, they, they, they don't take kindly to criticism. And well, you know what, you just kind of mm-hmm. swallow at that point. Every situation's unique. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I do know of some. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, how about out of share? Out of share. Uh, because oh, I, I'm just going to say you have some amazing shares. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, it, it, you 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 know how to put one on the people that come can't wait to bring some great bottles and i've, I've always looked forward to to the shares that you put on because i'm just like oh i try to make sure i'm bringing stuff that i think other people are going to really love um but um add a share what are what are some of the things that you're like you got to know this uh, add a share uh f- i guess for for people that have never been to a share before um First off, try to bring something unique and different if you can. Um, I would say uh, talk to the host about you know any type of expectation. Obviously, with mine, mine's just I expect you to come, and if you bring anything great, um, I've introduced a lot of people to craft beer through my shares. So I certainly don't have. Uh, there's a lot of people that'll have some really stuffy shares where you've got to bring a bottle that's considered to be worth a certain amount to be able to come and participate. But just generally speaking, make sure you talk with the host and make sure that, you know, what, what expectation for me to bring? Because, you know, you don't want to show up with, um, I mean, you don't want to show up with a, you know, a Bourbon County vanilla rye that's worth somewhere around $200 when it's just simply going to be, uh, you know, just popping some old bottles been lying around share because, uh, you know, you're, you're over bringing at that point. But at the same time, you don't want to go pick up something that's been sitting on the grocery store shelf for three months and people are going to be opening, you know, IPAs they've gotten from all over the country. So just make sure you know what kind of share it is and kind of what the expectation level is to bring. Uh, Typical rule, um, I think most people think one uh, bomber 
as we talked about, 122-ounce bottle or maybe 1750. Uh, you know, 750 mil is about 25 ounces. That's the other big format size that's most common uh, for craft beer. Uh, usually one bottle, maybe two per person is all you need to bring. You don't need to bring a ton of stuff, especially if this is a large share with a lot of people coming. You mean um, you mean you mean per person? Meaning you are bringing one yeah. or two bottles yeah. yourself. So so yeah. if it, if it, yeah. if it's you and your significant other coming, two to four bottles max is all you should bring. Yeah. You know that yeah. you don't need to bring any more than that because then you're trying to lug beer home and keep up with it while you're there. Um, you know and and I don't I just don't like having to lug around a ton of stuff and then lug it right back with me. Um, yeah. So and again that's an expectation that a host should probably set when you're talking to them at first. Uh, another rule would be. Uh, you, you definitely open only your own bottles. Although yes. there's although there are beers that are there for everyone to share together, each yes. person should open only the bottles they bring to be able to share and pour for other people. There now, is, yes, continue. You don't you don't have to walk around and pour everybody their beer. I mean, if there's a few people around, if you want to go ahead and pour for them as you open it, that's fine. And then you can hand it off and say, hey, okay, you know, y'all go ahead and have at it. But you know, definitely you only open your own beer. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing worse than having a bottle that you're looking forward to sharing everybody with popping, and then you show up and see that it's three quarters empty on the table. So, yeah, and I've 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 never seen anyone open up a bottle that wasn't theirs. Now I have seen people scope out, and I'm definitely guilty of the scoping out, going like, oh, I'm watching for that one over there. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. I'm like I'm like looking around, going like, okay, when that one comes up, I am going to be next standing next to that person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, then there's always the uh, the the risk of the boss pour. Um, don't want to be guilty of the boss pour uh, unless it's yeah. your own bottle. If it's your and own bottle. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm saying as long as you don't if, if you're not bringing as long as you're not pouring yourself half the bottle of like a 12 ounce bottle. Right. You're, you're pretty good. You know, if, if there's if there's 20 people there, you pour yourself six ounces of a 12 ounce bottle and then go here. That's that's just not good. Let's no, not that's do that. Bad Don't do that. Yeah. So, yeah, boss pour is obviously taking a big old pour out of a bottle. So, again, just kind of be uh, be aware of your situation. Uh, yeah. If there's 12 people there uh, and you're opening a 22 ounce bottle, that's a couple of ounces, give or take per person if everybody partakes. So maybe yeah. give yourself a two ounce pour, let it make its round, see if anybody passes on it. And then maybe there's some left and you can go digging in the graveyard uh, to get some more of it. But but definitely be careful of the boss pour. Don't if somebody brings you a bottle that they open to share, don't just sit there and fill your glass all the way up with it. Make sure you take an appropriate yeah. amount. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of looking at what you call the graveyard. The area is kind of this and this naturally happens at a bottle share where all these open bottles, they end up somewhere. And then once they get, once they're empty, then they really end up someplace else. But there's this always, it's a table, it's a counter, it's uh, sitting right. in front of someone on a, on a coffee table where it's like, okay, these are all the bottles that we've opened. And sure. once they're, once they've opened and they're kind of out, there's kind yeah. of like this open, uh, whatever is left, go ahead and take some more of, sure. Yeah, there's 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 purgatory. It's the the you know it's <laughs> once they make the it to purgatory, it's purgatory. a it's a free for all. Save yourself, you know. If if it if it's made it to that area where they the, the it's the it's before the graveyard, the final graveyard. Before it's kind of purgatory. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where everybody's had a crack at it, and after that, it's the wild wild west, man. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. If 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 you if you go, oh, I'll get some of that a little later. No, 
no, that, that's and it's it's there. There's no you should not feel bad if it's gone by the time you right. come back for it. Again. Yeah. Well, and uh, and don't feel uh, if you're sharing at a if you're at a beer share. This is my own personal thing, and I think a lot of people may uh, may co-sign this or may not. Whatever. Um, if I'm at a beer share, and if, especially if there's quite a few people there, like some of the crazy ones end up happening at my house. Um, so I uh, <laughs> I might be a little biased with this, but uh, if I'm going to share at somebody else's house, um, I make sure I get a pour. And I seek out the host and make sure they have a chance to say yay or nay on it before I let anything else completely disappear. So gotcha. just kind of kind of courtesy of the host, little nod to the gods. I can understand you know. that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, how about in a trade? In a trade, um, the most important thing when you're trading with somebody is communication. Mm. Very clear, very consistent communication as far as here is what in, in, a, in a, I guess, let me, uh, I'm going to pull you and back it up a little bit. So we're talking about trading beer. So mm-hmm. we're talking about meeting somebody online, basically, and agreeing to exchange beer only available where they live. And mm-hmm. then you ship them beer that's only available where you live. And so you both get to try some cool stuff you've never had before, nor can you buy at your own stores. Um, you know, once you start talking with somebody through the process and you're actually physically in the trade, it's communications key, uh, the expectation of, here's what I'm sending, you know, here's what I, you you know, and then they tell you what they're sending. You agree on both sides. You decide if y'all are going to put extras in. Uh, that's one of those kind of unwritten things where you say, I'll toss in a couple of extras. You know, just if, if that's happening, you want to reciprocate, obviously. And extras yeah. don't have to be anything anywhere near the value of what you're sending, but maybe just something cool that you got at the house that, that they can't get where they're at. And it may be um, something that, that you're, that it may be something that maybe they're not, uh, they've, They've not specified, oh, I love this style or, oh, I love this. But you're like, you know what? I just really like this cool bottle from this place. Let me throw it in there. Have fun. If you like it or not, amen. It's just a little something more on top. It's a cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah, just a little cherry on top. You know, because sometimes trades are very simple where you're only trading one or two beers for one or two beers. So to kind of make it worth the while and both of you get to expand your your horizons a little bit, you know, you sometimes agree to throw in extras. Um but yeah, communication is absolutely key uh, along each step of the way. Because once you've agreed on a trade, you need to be very clear about when you expect to ship. Um, mm-hmm. You should be providing tracking numbers, you know, the day that you said you're going to be sending it. Um, and then you need to uh, make sure that you let them know when you receive everything and that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the big things. Now, every once in a while, something gets a little ugly and the UPS or the FedEx guy may help himself to a box you know, something may break, you know, yep. something may freeze and pop. Uh, general rule is that until the box makes it to the recipient, you're kind of on the hook for it. So you need to know that if something happens to your box in transit, you're going to need to be able to come up with some way to uh, replace or, um, you know, reimburse the person on some level for what happened. So, yeah, yeah, just know yeah. if you end up agreeing with a trade with somebody and they say, I, I got three of them and one of them blew up on the way, um, you're on the hook for that other beer. Yeah, I think there's this um, this little bit of a vir- almost like a virtual handshake that kind of happens once uh, tracking numbers are exchanged. It's more of right. a like, okay, we we these are now on their way. They are they are now in the hands of, of of the Lord. Lord, may you bless them and keep them till they received on the other side. You know, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a little prayer uh, sent up. Yeah, and then, and some of the some of the things that. Uh just from my personal experience that I, th- I think should be general rules for everybody. Um, 
uh, more padding is always better than less padding. If you think you're overdoing it, go ahead and add one more layer of bubble wrap. Um, I, uh, I'm going to get it. You hear me knock on wood there. Yep. Um, I've yet to have a bottle uh, break in a trade uh, because I oh. overwrap extremely. Um, the other thing I'd say is kind of an unwritten rule is, oh, man, I, I just there's something bad waiting for you in the next life if you put packing peanuts in. Don't use styrofoam <laughs> peanuts in your boxes. No. Please don't. No. So unnecessary. Uh, use, you know, you've got styrofoam. You've got, you've got bubble wrap, newspaper. I mean, we've all got, a, you know, 100 Amazon boxes laying around, and they all come with some type of padding or protection inside them on some yeah. level. And then other trades you've done, you know, recycle, reuse. Um, <laughs> so I definitely make sure you uh, always make sure you pad properly, and um, you're just asking for, for, for karma to put you on the naughty list if you use packing peanuts. Gotcha. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that was my wife saying, and, and somebody's wife will be real mad at you. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, and I, I may edit this, but uh, just to let you know, I, I do have a podcast that I can't wait for Rachel to be on as well. So I will be asking uh, her at, at, at a separate time as well. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she'll be all in for that. Yeah. Yeah. She she loves the chance to talk when I'm not there to to interrupt, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm I'm either wonderful or terrible at depending on your perspective. <laughs> well, I want it to happen here at my house, so oh yeah, I want sure. I wanted to be a, a group discussion. Um, oh man, yeah. Um, okay, so um, I'll ask you this part. Um, we've kind of gone over some some of the places we'll say or some of the the particulars. Uh, what are some overall craft sin will craft beer like sins and blessings? We'll say. Sins and blessings. Oh, man, mm -hmm. you're getting deep on me here. Jeez. Mm -hmm. um, um, hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I think some of, the, some of the major sins, in my opinion, would be um, outright bashing a beer or a brewery. Um, to an over-the-top level or unfounded. There's, there's a difference between giving criticism or giving a difference of opinion versus just outright saying this place never should have opened and should have been burned to the ground, blah, blah, blah. Um, you see a lot of that, and you know that, that's just a plague in social media and the online world in general. But people need to remember that that's, that's somebody's passion. That's somebody's, you know, that's their life's work. That's something that they love to do every day. That's a huge chance they took, leaving whatever job they were in before to try and start that up. Um, and man, that's just like telling, telling a parent that they've got an ugly baby. Uh, they need to realize that that's somebody's pride and joy and to really address this situation the right way. And I, I, I'll, I'll uh, accept that it, it, at times I was guilty of that until someone really put it that way to me too, um, where I would say, I don't know why this place is even open. They don't know what they're doing, you know, and then you, you get the human element of it. It's like, you know, you just met so-and-so that's one of the guys that works at such and such. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel like a terrible person now. I think I'm going to uh, um, <laughs> take a different approach when uh, when providing any level of criticism for something that I may not like. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the, the biggest things out there right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think another one uh, to go the polar opposite of that is uh, it's the, I'll, I'll call it, I made up my own word, uh, fanboyism. Mm -hmm. uh, people that are just diehard support of a brewery or a beer or a beer from just beers from a specific brewery, whatever it may be. 
that just absolutely decide they're five star every time they come out. Um, you know, that goes back to, you know, it's not, uh, there's other people that look at that stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that use, uh, like the app untapped to be able to look at what beers are rated and things like that. And if to be an absolute fanboy, there's two things you do there. Um, you're, you're giving a brewer feedback that something that they've made is absolutely perfect when that may very well not be the case. And you're also other people who are kind of new to beer and, and may not know or, you know, have other means of getting the feedback, see that and, and think that something is rated at the side of God, then, you know, oh my God, I got to go get it right now. And they find out it's yeah. just the, you know, 40 or 50 of the, you know, guys that, that just follow a brewery, you know, like it's a religion. Um, I, I think that's a pretty big sin. And there's, there's a lot of people that uh, uh, may disagree and say, well, that's just a difference in taste or things like that. But there's a lot of taste of places and a lot of things that happen where, you know, when a brewery is trying to get something dialed in right or it's their first time doing it. Um, or, I mean, you'll see it sometimes with people when they start uh, thinking there may be a beer infection. Um, and, you know, yeah. fanboys come to bat and go, ah, you don't even know what you're talking about. Well, and then the brewery has to really retrace and say, yeah, the beer's infected. We'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. That's like, you know, upfront and honest feedback so they can get on top of those things in a hurry uh, is, is really, I think that's really important. Uh, and I think all ships rise when they get open and honest feedback. So um, yeah. to be, you know, nasty without giving, you know, some means of uh, being able to learn from criticism or just giving lavish five-star praise on everything, even when it's undue. I think those are two of the biggest sins that kind of uh, hold back uh, breweries from being able to, to truly make progress. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, what would you think would be one of the, uh, the, the, what is one of the biggest things that you're like, man, I love it when I see this happen in craft beer. Uh, man, I think my favorite thing is, uh, um, well, and, and uh, you know, I've got friends that may disagree with this, but I like introducing somebody to it. You know, mm -hmm. get your friends that aren't into it and, and figure out a way to introduce them to it. That's one of the biggest, coolest things is if you've got friends that are kind of on the outside. Because when you get into the craft beer uh, world and you really get into it the way some of us are, um, it almost becomes like uh, when you're hanging out with your non-craft beer friends – you know, you're like, oh, wait, I normally go here because this is where we meet everybody and we're sharing beers and whatnot, and they're not really into it. You know, it's neat if you can introduce those people to it and kind of – you don't yeah. have to get them to the point that we're at where, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, just – you know, it's our, it's our favorite hobby, I call it that. Mm -hmm. um, but to be able to introduce somebody to it and have, you know, in, meet more friends that way and then their friends and, you know, it just uh, – it kind of has a cascading effect, so – that's probably one of my favorite things is, is getting people introduced to it. And you now I've, I've got some friends that'll probably sit there and say, man, I love you and hate you at the same time. Cause then they tell me that, you know, they've gained 20 pounds since they started drinking stouts with me. <laughs> but uh, I can't own all that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've put you my chose own to drink that bottle, man. You chose. Yeah. Come on, man. Everybody's doing it. No, it didn't go like that. <laughs> so, uh, and the other, uh, something that's really cool, probably one of my favorite things is to see a new brewery pop up um, yeah. and then get to that point where you really feel like they've made it. You know, their beer starts coming out like clockwork. It's good. You show up to the place and it's busy. Um, that's really cool to see things pick up like that. Um, you know, I, I've, I've watched a couple of breweries around here do that, and it's, it's cool to think, hey, I remember when we were, you know, 
shotgun and beers in the back alley, you know, when you're trying to get yeah. this place open. So, Dude, I mean, there's, I mean, in, in, in California, I remember going to the brewery and sitting on grain bags. And I, I remember being there and, and looking at a shirt and going, maybe I should buy this shirt because then I'll be one of the cool kids. And then like 10 years later, I'm looking at it going like, man, I remember seeing that guy with that, I remember that shirt on that guy over there. I should have <laughs> bought that shirt. Been one of the cool kids. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think that, I think that the, the craft beer community can be, um, can be so fun um, in so many ways because, uh, I mean, I, I was at a turning point the other day and saw a guy with a Black Tuesday cap on, you know, and I'm a big fan of the brewery. I'm a reserve member and all that other fun jazz. So I just said, you know, I saw his cap. I was like, man, Black Tuesday, love that beer, blah, blah, blah. And it was just a, just a, just a side note. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, you know, I've been trying to find it. I just love the beer. And I'm like, well, I've, you know, I'm a reserve member. So if you ever need a trade, started trading uh, Instagram stuff, talked to him. Then next thing I know, he's pulling out a, a bottle from a, a brewery that I've never been to. He's like, no, man, I'm not going to be able to finish this here, have the rest of that. And I was taking an Uber. So I'm like, well, I mean, if you insist. Um, <laughs> but I think there is so much of a want to share, uh, not just knowledge, but experience. Well, it's, yeah, and it's uh, it's 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 like a it's like a secret club, man. It's yeah. you know if you're out in public somewhere, and I've had it ha happen before where I see a guy, you know, rocking a Jester King shirt, and I'm rocking mm -hmm. my Trillium hat, and you kind of give each other the knowing nod, yeah. and you're like, you know, nice hat, nice shirt, and you know, Dude. it's a it's an yeah. instant uh, it's 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 an instant link between people where you're like, hey, we've got something in common at least. We can talk about this. So man, I, I was I was in um in France. I was on the uh, the what is it called uh, Mount Mort or something. Like the it was the the hill where they used to throw off all the martyrs. Okay, I can't remember where it's right. at now, but it's okay. very famous. And I was walking down that hill with my wife, and this guy looks at me. He's like, "Dude, the brewery," because I had a shirt on. He's like, "Love that place," and I'm like, "Yeah, man, cool. Okay, cool. I'm in the middle of France in Paris, and this guy's like, "Yeah, man, brewery, good spot." I'm like, "Yeah, cool. I love nice. it. That's yeah. awesome." Um, very cool. So, okay. So, and this one, I'm, I'm excited to ask you because I think there's a vocabulary with craft beer. Um, you know, I, I, in all the groups that I see the, I remember the first time I saw ISO and I was like, what is ISO? Why are they ISOing, uh, uh, you know, uh, a trillium, this or that or the other. I'm like, Oh, I get it in search of. FT for trade because there's this whole small vocabulary around. I think of any subculture, you have these small terms and lingo and things like that that comes about. Um, what are some of your favorite craft beer terms? Oh, favorite craft beer terms. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think, um, man. It's it's again. It's it's you're probably trying to pull words that are out of my everyday lingo, and I'm trying to. And I can't place them that they're just craft beer specific. I'm trying to really think about that. Um, you know, here's, uh, um, I'd say one of my my favorites that really gets under people's skin sometimes for some reason. It's like, you know, there's certain words people say that, that people just, they hear it and they hate it. Um, when people are talking about a New England IPA and they call it juicy, that that one is so polarizing. Mm-hmm. But it's one of my favorites because that's like my favorite flavor profile is like I really want to look for the, the the taste of like a pineapple or mango juice in it is really what I'm looking for. 
So to hear a beer described as juicy is something I, I, I really like, and a lot of people just really hate. So and and I and I and I get that because um, I've had I've had more than a, I've had more than a few those those nipas as they like to say um, where it literally um, I saw this guy on Facebook put it best. He goes, "I was going to spend fifteen bucks on this beer, but instead I just decided to go to the store and buy some orange juice because it's the exact same thing." <laughs> And I I saw that I was like yes that that is exactly what they mean because there's some that literally taste like just take some mango juice some orange juice splash a little bit of alcohol in there and there you go you're pretty good right yeah well yeah you could you can get some that end up being a hot juicy mess like that but uh, definitely the juicy characteristics I love there's a there's a balance in all things but yeah mm-hmm. I've 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 had my share that certainly tastes like a uh, um like a screwdriver <laughs> more yeah. or less. And no, then, no, no, no. We, we, totally we, we need some, we need some bitterness and some mouthfeel to balance that out. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing as far as craft beer terms, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take the negative on you here um, is the people expect you to understand every acronym that ever happened in craft beer. <laughs> yes. I mean, because seriously, you go look, you can go look at a trade offer where somebody's in search of this and what they have for trade is this. Mm-hmm. And you get six acronyms in the ISO and six acronyms in the FT. So you have this post that's telling this long story that says, I'm in search of these three to four beers and I would be willing to trade these six or seven beers. But the reality is the post doesn't have a single formed English word in it whatsoever. <laughs> in that. You're like, could a comma kill you? Yeah. <laughs> could, could a comma somewhere in there kill you to add to separate what what each distinguished thing is you know oh, yeah well and yeah. if you're if you're not in it like every single minute like you know i got to a point and i think everybody gets to that point at some point where um you know you start just trading like crazy for a while and you've got boxes going in you know showing up every day and a box going out every day um and then you suddenly you realize you ran out of refrigerator room you know I mean, I think everybody gets there once they start their trading phase. You know, I got on the back nine, and I wasn't trading quite as much. and was really picky and decided what I liked, and I was only going to trade for that. Or, you know, if a new release came from a brewery I knew, I might try to seek one of those out. Um, so I stopped paying attention as closely, but still very much paying attention. And just, just that little dial back I did, going from, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, I was at 10, and I dialed it back to about 4. And within a month, you know, I'm, I'm reading acronyms going – Am I supposed to try to pronounce that as a word, or is that an acronym I should know? <laughs> you know, and they were even yeah. breweries I hadn't heard of that had popped up so fast and just had become, yeah. you know, just they they're, uh, to, I mean, for from a Twitter aspect, they're trending just like that. You know, they just yeah. opened. I've never heard of them in my life, but their bottles are already going for a hundred bucks a piece. Is which which at that point in time you just go no no there's there's no there's no brewery that. There's no brewery under six months that you should be like, oh yeah, I can't wait to pay a hundred dollars for that bottle. No. 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 You you just go great. If I get a beer from them, awesome. I'll I'll give it a shot. But a hundred bucks, I'm I'm really not spending a hundred bucks on really anything other than like what my kid needs because that's like less than a half of a week's daycare. You know. Right. No, the the secondary values of beers have, have really gone crazy. Um, yeah, it's not a, you know, it's, it's, it's not something I enjoy by any means. I mean, heck the, uh, the Prairie dogs that just came out, um, those member beers, uh, mm-hmm. there's a couple of them that are already selling for like 80 to a hundred dollars 
for a 12 ounce bottle. Really? Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Like, like standard right now. I mean, if you if you try to sell one of those for 30 bucks, it it'll just go like that. Just snap your fingers and it's gone. Yeah. People are really paying through the nose for hard to find beer, and I just, ah, I don't know, man. It was it was a simpler time when we were just trading it back and forth. Now everybody's trying to sell it for secondary and establish secondary values. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe that's a term that I really have grown to to dislike. Secondary is values. Secondary. No, it's yeah. like a, I got a few cans of this. You got a few cans of that. Let's swap. We all got you know thirty six ounces of beer. We're good to go. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a. I, I, I have done I have done trades where I've 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 had people go you know I'll trade you this and this but can you throw a couple dollars on top and I'm like no no I'm just no this isn't a money I'm not, deal man no this this if you want the beer great and I think those beers are equitable or uh, equal but I'm not I'm not going to start throwing cash on top yeah no, because that's Sorry. that's where that's where you realize you've met a trader that's not trying to try a new beer he thinks he's getting more value. Out mm-hmm. of your beer than his, and he's going to turn around and sell it when he gets it. I mean, that's you know that's yeah, yeah. And I I just I'm 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 all about trading value for value, but I'm not going to start throwing money on top. Nah. You know, um, I, I I think I've done I did a trade one time I had because because to me Black Tuesdays I love them, but I I always order more than I need because I, I like right. to trade. Um, and I think I got uh, a couple of Westies, um, out of it. Uh, West veterans, um, right? And I know there's some people that don't care about them at all, but it's been the beer that I've been seeking for like eight or nine years. So I was like, oh yes, no problem. I can't <laughs> wait to trade with you. I don't care. And I know there are people that were looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, okay, fine, <laughs> trade your Black Tuesday. I'm like, I don't care. I've got a full case of Black Tuesday ready to go at any point in time that I I can enjoy. But these, you know, Westies. I do not come by them very often. And now people kind of like the lure of them for a lot of the beer crowd is, is over. So they don't really care to try to find them or trade them, which fine, dandy, all that's good and done. But so it doesn't mean I don't want them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take them. Yeah. That's fine. I'll you don't ta- want yeah. them. Yeah. I'll take them. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm um, with you. So someone was to, to want to start to get into, into either the trading scene or want to try to start to get into sharing, uh, what would be some of your advice to them? Oh, man. Um, probably the first thing to do is um, talk to your friends, see who's already kind of interested in it and maybe into it more than, than you are. Um, that's probably the quickest and easiest route. Um, after that is uh, breweries in the area. Just go pull up a seat. Talk to people. Talk to the to the beer tenders. Talk to the brewers. Yeah. Um, that's a quick way to learn more. Um, I'm avoiding the obvious, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it in there anyway. Uh, you know, social media groups are huge for spreading information. Um, there's some really toxic ones for sure, um, uh, but at the same time, that's a, a a good place to learn, and that's really where the best uh, the best form of trading seems to happen in my opinion obviously is through the online um be careful doing that make sure you get references um and i, I honestly probably if you're asking me just a roadmap if i was going to give one person who wanted to go from casual craft band to learning about the newest hottest and then how to trade for something across the country is i'd get to know somebody on a personal level either meeting them through a local brewery or finding a localized 
uh, Facebook group mm-hmm. and maybe meeting them at a share or at a brewery event, get to yep. know them a little bit, and then ask those people if they know anybody in certain areas to trade with and so you can get a reference so you're not going out blind because there's yeah. lots of trade groups you can just get added to. Um, or you can have, you know, a lot of them are underground, so you really do have to know somebody to add you. Yeah. But you can find some of them out there. And there, there's just a lot of people out there that take advantage of people. So I say the biggest thing is to get to know somebody and then get to know the next level through them and the next level through them. It's, it's just like anything in life. It's all about who you know. Um, so get to know more people and you make more friends that way. And yeah. um, that'll keep you from getting burned or, you know, sending a box out to somebody who's not really who they say they are and you never get your box back. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just getting to know your local scene, getting to, to find a brewery you really like. And then, uh, if you find a social group, be it a, you know, real life social group or a, so, or a social media social group, but it is also a real life social group, hopefully, um, that could kind of be the best way to kind of really get kind of, um, entrenched in the more of the craft beer scene and to, to kind of get your feelers out from there to really learn more. Yeah, I would say, I, I really would echo that because it's the in-person interactions, especially when you start talking about you know shipping beer across country, um, where you start to learn that, oh, I've got a guy that I know that loves to trade this. You know, you seem to have that. I know someone that seems to love that. Right. I can connect you to. Because yeah. then you have a point of reference, at least. You Absolutely. Know? Um, it also doesn't hurt when, um, one of the things I did, and I, I, this is still how I got to know so many people, uh, hosting shares, you right. know? Just being the guy that even if you don't have latest, greatest beer, whatever, you know, just it doesn't have to be giant. It doesn't have to be, the, you know, I'm only going to be opening up aged cantillons or whatever. Right. Um, it's a, hey, get a couple buddies together. Everybody bring something you haven't tried. Start there, you right. know, or get to that one super local group and just say, hey, I'm having a trade. I've got five spots available. Say you can host 10 people, but start with five and just see who shows up. See, we go from there. Oh, you like this guy a little more than other homeboy over there. Great. Let's start to, you know, start up a relationship with that guy and see how, where that goes in beer. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, just start small and grow from there. You know, like I said, my first beer shares was just another uh, couple here in town that we were friends with. And it was just, Mm -hmm. you know, the four of us sat down together and then it became six and then, you know, became eight and grew from there to where, um, they get so big now, we only do them once or twice a year because we end up with 30-some-odd mm-hmm. people in the house. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Just, just just, start it, – it's, it's, don't try to get into it all at once. And it's it start small, get to know some people, and uh, those people will know people. And, and that's just kind of how it grows from there. Uh, yeah. Just start asking questions. You know, be curious, and that will lead you in the right directions. Yeah. No. Don't be afraid to ask questions. That's, that's a big thing. I um, think that is a huge thing. Yeah. It, it, it could be very intimidating because there's there's a lot of people that that oh, it's a the, the social hierarchy in craft beer is real, um, but ignore it and realize you're just there to yeah. have some fun and to to find out about beer that you didn't know about. So you gotta you gotta kind of ignore that a little bit. Um, yeah. But don't be afraid to ask questions and and just if you get an answer you don't like, you just wait for the next answer. Well, and I would say if, if you're ever asking someone a question and they kind of gawk at you and go like, oh, I can't believe you would ask that, they're not the person you want to hang out with at craft beer. Just no. already. Just just think of him as a wine guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, you don't want to. No, that's a wine guy, beer guy in disguise. No, just don't even start hanging out with him. No, no, don't even try. 
Because all you're going to end up doing is feeling like a like some idiot that doesn't know anything about craft beer. And you may not know anything about craft beer, and that's okay because there are tons of people out there that would love to show you, oh, when you're here, try this beer. When you're here, try this beer. When you're here, give me a call. Uh, grab me a crowler of this, and I'll trade you for anything in my cellar over on that side. You know, yeah. That's a quick lesson to learn. Yeah, if, if they make you yeah. feel like an idiot the very first time you ask them a question, don't ever ask them another question. Move yeah, on. Just, no, there's plenty, not there's plenty more no. of us out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I'm kind of ending my segment with this little kind of rapid fire. Um, I've, I've kind of, I've really enjoyed this little rapid fire session of uh, questions because um, everybody's, uh, everybody, no one's, I've not shared any of the other answers than anybody else. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you this sentence. I'm going to change the last word. And then you give me your first response to it. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, no preparation uh, here. So this is true. No honesty. preparation. Yeah. Okay. okay. Ready? It seems like everyone is drinking. Hazy IPAs, man. It seems like everybody is making. Brewed IPAs now, which kind of makes me sad. Uh, it seems like everybody is wanting. Prairie dog beers. It seems like everybody is hating. It seems like everybody is hating. Uh, anything owned by Anheuser-Busch. Mm. Seems like everyone is loving. The little guy trying to make it in craft beer. Okay. Everyone is missing out on? All those quality beers that got them into craft beer in the first place that are still there on the shelf and need to be revisited. You can drink <laughs> a beer twice. You can drink a beer twice. <laughs> yes, I so agree with you. I so I love it. Yeah, yeah. You it's could there, man. You could, yeah, yeah. It's like my, uh, you know, my go-to. It's like as as much as we go down to, you know, we go down to Austin a lot. You know, yeah. be it Pint House release or the latest J.K. Jester King fruited sour release or whatever. Yep. That dude, uh, you will catch me dead before you'll catch me coming back from there without at least a case of hops and grain Zoe, which is just mm. a hoppy lager that they make that uh -huh. just. I mean, I love it. You know, it, it, it's my it's my beer I keep in the fridge all the time. Yeah, everybody's missing out on those beers that got them into it. I mean, just because it's available everywhere in the country doesn't mean it's not a good beer because it got you where you are. Yeah. Drink it twice. <laughs> no, and I and I totally understand that. I, I I there's some beers in California that I still can't get here, but then I look at them on the shelves and I want to get them, but I see them at like six months old. So if I yeah. ever see one of the beers that I'm like a huge fan of from from my days drinking in California, I'm like that. Yes, it is under. It's it's only a month old. I will take that no problem. It's only right. two months old. Great. I can't wait because I love that beer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Man, Chris, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. No, oh, thank you, man. I hope uh, I hope you got the the answers from me you were looking for. Man, I was I was hoping that we would just have a fun conversation. We'd have a good time talking, catching up, and um, being able to help uh, help someone maybe just learn a little more about craft beer and how to get into it and how to enjoy it a little more. So absolutely, man. Well, you uh, you 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 pumped my uh, my profile up at the start that you learned a bunch of stuff around here from me, but I've definitely learned a lot more from you than you've learned from me, man. So I appreciate you, brother. Well, thank you very much, man. Um, okay, microphone is yours. Is there anything you want to promote? Is there any uh, handle that you want to promote? Uh, anything that you're just like, hey, if 
you want to know more or want to contact me or whatever. Mike is yours. Man, um, you know, since I, I figured this segment's uh, more about the people that are really in the business and want to be able to, to promote and shout out things they do. But uh, I guess the simple thing I'll just say is I'm always available. Uh, if anybody's got any questions or, you know, wants to ask me a question, they're afraid it's going to be a stupid question if it's asked in a public forum. Uh, you know, find me. Uh, Facebook's usually where I'm hiding. You can find me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Twitter handles Letterman 40, L E D E R M A N 40. Um, you know, uh, and again, my name's, you know, Chris Letterer. It's Chris L E D E R E R. Uh, I'm the weird guy with the family guy picture for my profile picture. Um, feel free to shoot me a message if you ever want to ask a question that you're just afraid of something that you ask out in a, in a public forum. You're afraid you're going to get laughed at because uh, I'm not the guy to do that. I laugh at myself. Gotcha. At least when it comes to beer. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I laugh yeah. at myself in all things, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Hey, thank you again so much. Cheers, boss. Hey. We'll see you around. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Take care. Bye.